There's a panic throughout the nation as the dead suddenly come back to life. The film follows a group of characters who barricade themselves in an old farmhouse in an attempt to remain safe from those bloodthirsty flesh-eating monsters. By George Romero. So how did that work out? That's a wall. No. Live in the dungeon, this is the Dream Warrior Review. I'm Kurt Thomas. I'm Mick Strawn. Episode 68. Oh my gosh, we're doing the classic here. This was hard because uh, on Amazon Prime, there's like, I don't know if you noticed, there's like eight different versions of this movie. I noticed that. Did Was there a black and white one? Because so I didn't watch, I almost watched the colorized one, but I said, no, I want to watch it the way that the director did it, but I don't know. I got to tell you, I, 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 I almost watched both of them. I watched the, uh, the colorized one just because I... I watched the first five minutes of it. Yeah. And when I saw the car, it was pretty awful, really. When I saw the car, and then yeah. they were at the cemetery, and they got you out, know, I stopped it. I have to say this for for all of the uh, hype of this, and I remember seeing this a long time ago. I mean, a long time ago. Uh, probably, you see, the thing is, is this movie used to make the rounds of the uh, colleges again uh. and again and again. So it was one of those rare movies that you could actually see after the release. I mean, so how was it received when it was first released? Uh, I yeah, mean, it was known as a as a classic oh, okay. horror so film. People liked it when it came out. But yeah, yeah, they did. But uh, but it wasn't like Star Wars level. It was just kind of like no, it was it was geeks and 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 so you know like, people like me. Okay, and you. Um, but I, I have to say, in looking at it. Uh, and, and and the thing is, is this is a, it's a hero film. Yeah. You know, this is, everybody looks at it, points at it and says, uh, this is where it all started. And I have to tell you, it is where it all started. The thing that I had never realized is that this film, it's like the rules of being a zombie did not evolve. Huh. They are all in this film. Well, I was going to mention the fact that in 1932, White Zombie, that movie, right. that kind of started the zombie thing, but it didn't really go anywhere. Right. And right. This actually, like you said, set rules that you see in Walking Dead. Right. This, so this, yeah, totally. This set all the rules. But I would I say mean, people say this is the first zombie film. It wasn't. No, no, no. But, it wasn't the first zombie film, but this is the one that gave you that yeah. they gave you the rules. Kind of a blueprint. They give you a blueprint <laughs> yes. of, of how... How this is a disease, how it spreads, how you take care of it. You know, the shot in the head that they're afraid of fire. It's all here. I mean, it, it, you know, that they're slow moving and, and it, all the rest of that. And actually one thing that's, I liked about this, that's different is that they, the zombies all looked kind of regular, like normal, like they just died. Well, you you know, did you know, did you notice this, that they did, except for when you were looking at single shots of them, when, when, uh, uh, like when they were eating the hands and stuff, there were several of them that, you know, had like makeup on. Yeah. Had makeup on and stuff like that. Well, they did close. I noticed that too. I think it was a budget thing, wasn't it? Probably. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I like sure. the fact it was black and white. I actually kind of enjoyed watching oh, it black I wish, and white. You know what? I, 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 I'm not going to go back and see it again. But, um, you know, I was talking to somebody about, uh, uh, I can't remember who it was, but I was talking about 
the the year that acting started to change, that movies started to change from, um, uh, they came from theater, right? And, and theater had the great acting tradition, and there was this thing called the theater voice. Yeah. And the thing is, is the theater voice was slightly modified and became the movie voice, and that actors had that voice forever. They had their that voice was common up until about 1968. I can see that. Now it's funny because the TV voice, the TV was voice was had had like started to normalize and and evolve, but not the movie voice. And you notice it in this film done in 1968. But the the film that everybody talked about, where uh, people talked a real voice. Was uh, do you remember the one, Bonnie and Clyde? Ah, okay. You know, this is why this is why Bonnie, everybody yeah. everybody turns around and says Roman Polanski was yeah. uh, uh, was such a groundbreaking director. Was that film? You know, it, the violence of the film uh, w- was one thing, but the the most important thing is that people started to talk. You know, without you know, enunciating things. And in the funny thing, I definitely noticed in this film, you had that fifties, um, you know, right. Yeah. That, that sort of theatrical talk going back and forth. One thing I really, okay. One thing I find amazing about this, which I never thought about when I first saw this, cause the first time I saw this, I was really young, but the fact that it was 1968 and basically, the main character is a black man. Right. And uh, one of the lines he says, he's like, he, he tells the, the white guy, the older guy, the bald guy. Right. He says, you better just do what I say. Like, yeah, shut the hell and up and do what a, I say. And it's not a racist thing. No. But you know what was but funny? that could have been controversial at that time, right? It, it, it could I mean, have. It had to have been. I don't it, know. It could have been. <laughs> you know what the weird thing that kind of got me was, was uh, how they treated the women. I mean. Yeah. Oh, they didn't even count the women. They, didn't, they weren't counting the guy that in was the saying, "There's three of us, right, that can work together." That, and I was like, "Well, there are yeah. women there too." They didn't count. <laughs> There's them. five of you that can work together. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I definitely noticed that. Um, uh, and and the the girl that was tripping out, you know, they they were yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, it was too far." Yeah, they should I mean, too you long. Know, at some point. I did like the final girl was a black man. That was great. Right. <laughs> the fact that the final girl. Yeah. The final girl was a black man. And that, and that it had nothing to do with race. There was no race really. There was no race. No. There was, well, yeah, there was. You got to wonder if there's some undercurrents, like maybe they wanted to do it that way on purpose. But what, I mean, why would he have a black man do that in 1968? I mean, you had to think he had that thought process. Like, yeah. well, how's, how are people going to take this if I. Right. Had right, to be the you hero. know, and, and it's you know, and especially considering that you know, <laughs> and and the thing that it was definitely an East Coast thing. Okay, yeah. you know, it's like everything was East Coast. Yeah. Uh, see, uh, in the West, it wouldn't have been a problem because everybody would have gone out, you know, uh, onto the <laughs> desert and just died. <laughs> but uh, oh, did Johnny remind you of the? Jeff Goldblum, a little bit. The guy, Johnny, the guy with the glasses <laughs> in the cemetery. Oh, yeah, yeah. He kind of reminded Actually, me of Jeff did. Goldblum. It was he amazing. He did. Um, he, he killed easily, by the way. Yes. He sure went down. <laughs> he, he went down quick. 
Uh, and by the way, I and I didn't know this before, but they must have had uh, easy lighting human uh, human charcoal back then, <laughs> because that that one guy on the porch, the first guy that they light on, that he lights in fire, he drags yeah. the guy out on the porch and lights him on fire. <laughs> it, it, it was it was like, oh, you just dropped the match on him. And boom, it was like, wow, they sure burn easy. And the magic, the, the music was kind of magical. I thought, like, well, I mean, not magical. It was just uh, well, a little over the top, but it like swell. It was like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. It was everything. The music, the, the music was everything. The, yeah. the sound and the music were absolutely everything. You know, which in high school, I did a project for my humor and satire class, and I took I took this movie and I put Louis Armstrong and What a Wonderful World over. Yeah. <laughs> And that actually worked pretty well. Yeah, really. Give you kind of I, uh, a warm feeling. You know what? Uh, I I wanted to put something in 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 context here is that uh, by the time that this was uh, that this was playing, uh, it was going up against in 1968 the the end of the Twilight series. Ah, uh, Twilight Zone. You know, so you were. Uh, ah, okay. You, you know that broad acting again. You know, yeah. That, uh, so, they, I liked how they tried to do drum, jump scare, but it didn't really work with the, the animals on the wall, the taxidermy. Oh, yeah. They tried to do jump scare, yeah, but it's all with but music it just, and a yeah. cut. And yeah, and I don't think it worked. No. You know, it's, it wasn't very scary looking. So, the unfortunate thing is I can't read half my... my uh, wow. Oh, oh, there were some really classic horror things that came... Like, this is like early... I would say this is an early horror movie, obviously. I mean, for modern day, because a lot of stuff is still happening. Right. In Nightmare on Elm Street movies, it all happened. Like, it was, uh, she trips when she's being chased. There's oh, no yeah. keys in the car. Right. Uh, she runs to a farmhouse. Right. <laughs> so it's like, all, all I mean, it's all the classic stuff. I, th- I think they're called tropes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, there was an amazing piece of dialogue that they came up with. We might not enjoy living together, but dying together isn't going to solve anything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think, uh, what the hell is that right there? Huh. Oh, by the way, uh, you know the the TV part when we're cutting to the TV part. Uh, did you notice the general with the mustache? I mean, they this. Oh general, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> had an Italian mustache that was just. And, and I thought to myself, I don't think that they were allowed to have. Uh, I don't think facial so. hair back then. I mean, I don't think so at all. And uh, boy, did he have a cheeser of a of an Italian. See, I think uh, Broad Street. I think George Romero was onto something here. He was doing a movie about civil rights movement. It was very under undercurrent there, and then also consumerism, American consumerism. Oh yeah, well there was no, no, absolutely there was a. <laughs> but I think that's what lot. this movie's about more than I about think, the horror part of it. Oh no, yeah, well maybe it, give him too much credit. Yeah, I think you're giving everybody a lot of credit. Um, so the Cold War, because I was thinking about the the zombies. You know, you know what I noticed is <laughs> is that there was definitely. Uh, I mean, the zombies drove the beginning of it, right? I mean, for 20 minutes, it was all zombies all the time. And then... Well, you had the radio and the, the TV explaining things as you went right, along. Right, right, as you went along. But 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 I'm saying that, that then it became a, a very play-like... Because yeah. uh, uh, they're on a set, basically. Yeah, yeah, and, ba- and basically the the exterior threat has been explained. I mean, in twenty minutes we explain the exterior threat, and then there's the back and forth yeah. a- a- as they 
they hate one with each other. They have conflict with each other, and then eventually they come together to make a really, really poor plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty bad. And then, of course, the idiot, you knew that he was going to screw that up. Oh, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And and you know that her coming along was going to just really mess it up. Oh, and there was a... Do you remember the scene where Heather Langenkamp goes... A door. A door. Yeah. Was there a radio? Oh, that's right. A radio. That's oh, that's absolutely. I thought about that at the time. The two guys that showed up, though, uh, don't you think that okay, the level of acting, like okay, the main guy, which is probably why he was the main guy because he was right. one of the strongest actor. He was one of the strongest. The he was, two other yeah. guys were yeah. kind of like down here. Oh like, well. They oh, were horrible. Yeah, really. But and they were also he was doing a little bit more of the realistic thing. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah, I changing. I didn't really and think they about were that. and they were really doing that broad play, like especially the two, the the couple. Oh the, yeah, the older couple yeah. downstairs. They were doing, they were doing like Ralph Cramden, uh, kind of. Yeah, the little girl uh, was the one that was sick. Was a what a great actress though. <laughs> she was sick. That's all she was. <laughs> well, she did an excellent job of killing. Well, yeah, yeah but duh, little girls are. It reminded me of uh, what was that? The Demon Seed, or was that the movie? Yeah, Demon Seed. That was early on. That was before this, but I don't know. Anyway. I, I like the fact when they when they got the guts, you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah. mm, all the in, the entrails. Yeah, yeah, everybody had awesome. the entrails and stuff, and that was when all the close-ups were. I do like this scene. If you go through any haunted house, that you always encounter this. Now where hands coming through the wall, right. grabbing it and stuff. Right. I, I like that effect. Then when I first saw the movie, and I still like it. Right. No, it, it was very good. Um, but it's very simple. I mean, yeah, the whole movie it, is simple. Yeah, really. I mean, there's, yeah, it really, and see that, and that was the thing is there, it, it was, it was a simple movie. There's some sci-fi, like I don't know what's going on with the lighting because uh, when the zombies were walking toward the end, there was like this weird shimmer on them, like somebody was holding a mirror, and like, oh yeah, well, it's daylight was very coming. sci-fi. Oh, did you notice that? Uh, did you notice the uh, uh, miniature? Uh, Psycho shower scene. Yes. Did you see? I, I swear that hit me immediately. I was like, "Wow, this is this is absolutely the psycho shower scene." <laughs> it's cut together the same way. Oh, and, and by the way, there was an interesting thing that they did in here is the the driving gloves. Yes. Remember the, the the guy at the beginning has the driving gloves, and then we were so careful that to. Uh, the, the reason that they did that is later on when he comes in with the crowd. You recognize him. You recognize yeah. him by the gloves. Yeah. Yeah. I did like the, there's also a line, kill the brain and you kill the ghoul. Oh, I wrote it down. It's right here. Kill the brain, you kill the ghoul. Oh, oh so there's the scene when the girl was, was killing the mom. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of those Salvador Dali movies. That were just really surreal, kind of crazy. Like right, right. I was thinking Salvador Dali when I saw that. It was weird. Like, yeah, but it but but it was very like psychedelic. So 1968 would make sense. Yeah, <laughs> but but it was obviously the psycho shower scene. Yes. when she was doing it. I mean, yeah. that it was. But the way they did the lighting and the, the blood splattering and oh, the, yeah. the angle and everything yeah. it was really weird. <laughs> but I like that scene a lot. Yeah, um, all the I like how it kind of looked like a documentary to it at the you know when the when the cops especially at the end when they showed up right it looked like it was a documentary and they made it look realistic oh yeah like a newsreel yeah they they really did and especially when it faded at the very very end yeah you know where they're just doing the the uh, stills 
Yeah. You know, the grainy stills. Yeah. That was, uh, it was, it was dragging cool. the body out, getting the bonfire ready. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That was, that was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, I, when I, when I did, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, we were, uh, we had the uh, uh, them at the very beginning, and they're going past the scene of w- w- one of the family's, uh, you know, killing spots where they were digging, digging oh, yeah. up all the yeah. bodies. Yeah. And we we're doing all those gooey shots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, do- we were trying to get that same desaturated color kind of like uh, and making it look like the flash was. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it, you know, we we owe a, a a great deal of debt to to the style of this film and to knowing how uh, zombies react. You know, George Romero wrote the book. Yeah. So, I like how that. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, a lot of stuff where they get shot, they just kind of back up and then they keep walking, or they right, and they almost keep fall over. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta hit the head. Right. <laughs> so, then, uh, so does this mean that you're on for? Night of the Living Dead, 1990, Absolutely. because William Butler was in that. Really? I think. Really? I should check that before I say yeah, it. Yeah, you should. But no, I think, he, I think he was murdered in that one. Really? Let's see. Yep, there he is. William Butler, there he is. So yeah. Oh, I was, he's been killed in all the greatest films. What's weird is I do remember liking Return of the Living Dead, but I don't remember when that came out or what order that came out in. Uh, oh, by the way, you know, I wanted to mention something. I... Uh, I in writing the book that I'm writing now about Nightmare on Elm Street 4, I was talking to the... Uh, I Just the other day, I was talking to... Oh, it'd be Rick Baker. Rick Barker. Rick Barker is uh, the uh, stuntman that was the coordinator on 3 and 4, and uh, the stunt coordinator, and he also was the guy who duplicated Freddy. Oh. And he was really good. I mean, he could really uh, uh, duplicate his walk and his, and his move, and, and and really, he he. We talked about how he was studying Freddie and uh, trying to get all that down. And um, in doing it, I was just thinking of how uh, how we were. Uh, uh, copying so much stuff out of out of all these other horror films you know standing on the the shoulders of of, of all these yeah. uh horror films and and how the rules were so important you know right, yeah. and, and and he's saying yeah he says oh yeah it's because uh freddie you know he he leans like this and you saying you know and then his back goes like this and it, it was it was fun talking to him because i i realized that you know uh a film like like the Return of the Living Dead creates the zombies, you know, and then you create uh, uh, your your favorite serial killer, yeah. you know, in your series, and then you, and then you kind of like are are stuck with it. I think there, I swear, there was a Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> there was a zombie that looked exactly almost exactly like Frankenstein. Well, you, you know, at the same time, it's a lot of the movement of the zombies yeah. was was Frankenstein. Now, couldn't you argue, I know it's a vampire movie, but couldn't you argue, like, Nosferatu kind of had, like, some zombie kind of qualities? Yeah. I mean, just the way he moved. Oh, yeah, the way that he moved. In the, uh, uh, 
I, Nosferatu is one of my favorites, and and it's it's not that you the story under, isn't amazing. The story but, no, is not amazing, movie. but 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 what yeah. it does is same thing with White Zombie. Yeah, that was it, it's doing too. it's doing mood. It's creating this you know yeah. this this look this uh that and oddly enough, it was hardly done better <laughs> at any time. Which, by the way, I looked up. White Zombie, and I found that on Amazon. Friday, really? And I watched yeah. it. Wow. It's but it's like, it's so short. It's like, you know, over just over an hour, I think. Really? Oh. Um, I, I got to, Nosferatu, I got to watch that one again. I got to watch that one again. Because I like that movie. It's been a long time. Yeah. But, so, so uh, yeah, Return of the Living Dead came out in 1985. I didn't realize it came out before the remake of The Night of Living Dead, basically. Right. Well, let's, uh, The Return of the Living Dead came out in 85. Oh, and then there's another it, it one. Came, it came out in 66. This is an amazing movie. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead? Not the the one that came out in 1978. Oh. That one, I think, is what I'm thinking of. But no, that was an amazing movie. It was... Uh, Wasn't that the one in the mall? It was in a mall, mall, I think, yeah. That's the yeah. one in the mall. Yeah. The one in the mall was a lot of fun. Yeah, it see, really was. Amer- once again, consumerism. Yeah. Capitalism. Oh, however yeah. You want to put yeah, it. and that was pretty, that was pretty apparent. <laughs> and it was still during the Cold War, just like the first one. Yeah. So I think there was some Cold War... Oh, wow, look at that. An 8.0 on that. What now? What did what did? Uh... Oh, eight point oh and Dawn of the Dead. Night of Night of Living Dead, nineteen sixty eight, seven point nine, seven point nine. Of course, it has a lot more people rating it. Yeah, well, I'm sure it does. See, when I first when I was watching this uh, this time, I was thinking, I wonder if these are people that have watched it again or like revisited it, yeah. or maybe you know what I mean? Because like maybe back in the day they didn't like it, but now they do. It's kind of one of those films that's evolved i think yeah i uh, classic you know what i mean you know it's funny because i I think that in a way i'm not looking back at it to to be scared and i'm not looking back at it to uh because this moment is passed to me completely um but i'm looking back at it to put it in historical perspective yeah, well, there's totally. So many things that point came there. from it, you know. I mean, uh, I just wish there was a better print somewhere. I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> all the that, versions I saw were pretty bad looking. Yeah, it's true. Even the remastered ones it didn't look that great. Yeah. So we're gonna look back on Rampage with Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty years from now, and be like, "Wow, that was an amazing movie." Well, you know, here's the thing, though. <laughs> Think about this for a minute. How about all these people that are calling all the the period that I was doing horror films and, and yes, at, at yep. the core of it as being the second golden age, you know? I, yeah. and, and I swear, you don't know that it's th- that it's that when you're in the middle of it. Right. When you're in the middle of it, you're... So the third golden age is probably like your- teenage romance movies in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> like the independent ones that came out early 90s. Yeah. Shakespeare in Love or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a clueless. Yeah, yeah clueless. Yeah, there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Now, now, now you're talking. So, how would you rate this? Um, well, see, it's kind of like you've added more levels to my thought process now because if this is like an early kind of guideline to future movies that I really like. Yeah, you know what surprised me is is how many. I want to say tropes in a way, but how, how how complete he made the rules in one film. And I thought the the main actor was great. I, I liked it. I, I really did. I was in, I, I, I was into that guy, and I was like, okay, I want him to win. 
And then yeah, it, when it, I thought he was going to win. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like how he did that and how they, they, he seemed to carry everybody else, which is kind of is amazing to me. Right. But, and the fact that he was a black man, 1968, that kind of, that helped a lot too. Because if it was a white guy in charge, I would have been like, eh. Especially eh. if that old fat guy, the <laughs> yeah, right. bald yeah, guy. It's like, I, was, yeah. I didn't like him. But no, I, I think... I think people might be a little generous, but maybe it's because they're thinking it was a cult classic and they have to rate it higher. But yeah, if I was you do, see, that, no, no, you're absolutely right. You see uh, what I'm saying, though. Uh, you know what? For the history, yes, and, for the history, and, and, and I'd rate for it higher. What it was, I'm, I, I would put it at a three. Yeah, you know, uh, for the history, um, so many people have done done yeah. it so much better and have, and have run with those rules. But he was the first. Yeah, but then as a film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta rate, rate it as high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, so I guess you take the average then. <laughs> I'm giving it a three. <laughs> so, I might give it a. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Actually, I hate to say I agree with you. That yeah, sucks. that doesn't work. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> three point one. Damn it! <laughs> you have to take a shower. <laughs> so I agreed did, with Mick. How did William Shatter make the transition from TV to movie? He didn't. He just. Did the same thing all the time. <laughs> Did he? Did he though? <laughs> anyway, which I anyway. think he was in a Tales from the Dark Side episode. Anyway, that's another story. Probably was he? I think so. <laughs> I might be wrong. I might be thinking of Outer Limits. Sometimes I get yeah. Wrong. No, you're yeah. thinking of Outer Limits. Yeah. Well, well, he was on the classic. I've watched all those shows. He he, I mean. he was he was in the classic Twilight Zone though. The only show I haven't he seen. Was, he was the one that's looking out on the wing. Yeah. And seeing the 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 uh, uh, gremlin yes, on the wing. That's yes. William Shatner. Come That's on. Right. But I've seen all those movies, the only one or all those shows, the serial shows. Yeah. Except for one that I really want to see. Which is? Freddy's Nightmares. It's like Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there you I, go. Yeah. That's a go to YouTube. Yeah. We watch those crappy yeah. yeah, but they're terrible. They yeah. really are. That they're the worst. They are so far beyond being a bad print. They they make that uh, print that we saw of Meet the Feebles uh, look like high art. I mean, you know, just they're terrible. <laughs> I, I think I'd like to get my hands on just one decent print, good episode, and then we can review that. That'd be that'd be kind of weird. Yeah, if we can find <laughs> one. Yeah, we got off track there. But. Yeah, yeah, we did. I have no other story to go with this either. No, I'm tired tonight. Yeah. Okay. This is Kurt Thomas along with Mick Strong. Thank you for listening to the Dream Warrior Review. If you have any questions or just have feedback for our show, we welcome them at dreamwarriorreview at gmail.com. Of course, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. As always, please follow us and tell your friends about us too. See you next time.